Be confident, be bold, be authentic, but don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 30. In this episode, I talk with Jenny Kotler. I know that you're going to love this episode. Matter of fact, I liked it so much, I think we even skipped the introduction. Jenny has a blog called Campsite Vibes, and she also has programs to help people become self-sufficient hikers. In this episode, we talk about why Jenny doesn't spend her life waiting on someone else's schedule, why you should stop waiting for permission to pursue your dreams, and the three pillars of purpose. Stay tuned because I know that you're going to love this episode. But first, I want to tell you about a new manifesto at the core of being a badass. Are you tired of being ordinary, of doing what everybody else does, of following the same boring rules? I think being ordinary is Letting a problem somehow mean that you're a failure. Or letting others define you and who you are. Ordinary people, they don't grow. They don't try to think outside of the box. They are just okay with the status quo. But friend, you're listening to the Ordinary to Badass podcast. I know that you're a badass. And that you're with me in fighting to become one. To be the best you that you can be. So if you want to check out the manifesto at the core of being a badass, go to www.ordinarytobadass.com. Now to the episode. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Jenny Kotler. Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So before we go any further, I have got to ask you, do you consider yourself to be ordinary or badass? Definitely a badass. I love that. <laughs> have you always felt that way? Um, For the most part, I think so. Um, I've never kind of done things with the norm in my high school days. I was an animal rights activist and that bled into college. And then I got into uh, hiking and in just a few short years of like going from never hiked a day in my life to summiting some of the, and doing some of the hardest trails um, in California and around the US. So I think so. So how did you get into hiking and what was your first hike? So um, very, in a very like not normal way. So my boyfriend, um, six years ago, uh, we, he took me snowboarding. It was around April. And then that following summer, I said I wanted to go camping. We were 19. We couldn't get hotels. College was starting in a couple of weeks. And I just wanted to, like, 
go do something the two of us. So I suggested we go camping. I had never hiked or camped or, I mean, I hiked maybe like a mile or two on, you know, uh, school field trips, but nothing serious. So we were originally going to Catalina. Two days before, he tells me, cancel all plans. We're going to go to Big Sur. And okay, I cancel everything. I spend the day looking up campgrounds in Big Sur. Then the night before, he says, forget everything. We're going to Mount Whitney. And for those of you who don't know, that's the highest point in the lower 48 states. Um, it's, it's at 14,500 feet, and it's a 22-mile hike. I oh, had wow. absolutely no business being there. Like, <laughs> never camped, never hiked. I was physically fit because I was always exercising and going to the gym, but never, like, that was something completely else. So we had, like, 10-year-old backpacks, a 10-pound sleeping bag. And to give you some reference, my sleeping bag now is two pounds. Oh, wow. So that's heavy. Yeah. Like, a six-pound tent, and my tent now is also, like, two pounds. So, like completely unprepared we had one jacket because um he was like it's august it's fine it started hailing on us <laughs> we got uh, some minor altitude sickness we did not sleep all night like we didn't finish uh we made it pretty far for first timers i did not finish we had to turn around um and that night bitch he had a fever i was nauseous all night but i like it was around two in the morning and i had to get water so i you know got out of the tent and i look around and it, ha it was like around a full moon all of the granite peaks around me are glowing under the moonlight. And in that moment, I was just hooked. Like, in that misery, I was just like, <laughs> this is it. So the, um, I was a junior in college. So the following two years, I didn't really have a chance to, like, exercise and hike. I was so overwhelmed with school. Right. So I, um, we just did a lot of car camping, drove to Yosemite, Big Sur, things like that, just kind of explored. Then when I graduated college, um, I actually got laid off from my first job. And I was completely devastated and um my boyfriend said well stop moping around like you're applying for jobs that's great but you have time now to go train and finish Mount Whitney and so I just like a light bulb went off in my head and I was just like that's it and, like I joined the gym I started hiking every weekend like I just like dove into it and then here we are today <laughs> that awesome. was several years ago so how did you get through the hard times, like when you're hiking and you want to give up or it was really hard, what did you do to motivate yourself? I definitely do allow myself to stop and cry. Um, I always say hiking is as um, mentally challenging as it is physically because you, especially on those longer ones, you get to that point where your feet hurt, your knees hurt, you're wondering why on earth you got yourself into this mess. The car or camp is still maybe another mile or two away usually right around that time when this happens. The last mile or two are always the hardest. <laughs> um, and you're just like, why am I here? And just start like crying. Um, at least that's been for me. And I just, I let myself feel those emotions and cry because it usually lasts maybe a couple minutes or just, I just sit there and cry and let it out. Uh -huh. And I just get up and just keep walking. But for me, it's instead of focusing on the pain, it's look around, focus on that experience. Like, look where you are and how many people get to actually experience this and see this and appreciating your body. Like it really does give you a new sense of appreciation for yourself because your body did it, whether it's five miles or 22 miles, like your body pushed through that with a pack, whether that pack is 15 pounds or 40 pounds, like right. we're doing it. So just a pre it gives you that sense of appreciation for yourself, for the environment that you're in. And just, it's amazing. And it's really just understanding like, yes, this is hard, but I can do this and I can push through and I can continue putting that one foot in front of the other and make it back to the car. 
once you once you finish or you get to the top or your destination point kind of what's the feeling that you experience um so at once i get to the de destination it's just amazing like i'm just so in awe that i'm here and like i get to experience this whether that's um lying under the stars at night and just thinking oh my god i'm one of so few people in the world who actually get to see the stars and the milky way and experience this because for so and i grew up in a very city lifestyle my parents we were always very active but we didn't go camping or snowboarding or hiking so this is something i picked up in my late teens and early adult life that and it's just it's so amazing because so many people don't get to experience like this i just happened to fall into it and fell in love with it and like this is my calling uh -huh. but so many people don't and it's just appreciating that you're there in that moment and that you're if you're on that long hike your body got you there how cool is that and just like <laughs> soak in the views yes um, i love your perspective I, <laughs> thanks but when i got get back to the car and it's been a really long day i like take off my shoes, put on flip-flops or Uggs, depending on like what the weather's like outside and just like don't move for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you do that after your, after your hikes or just whenever it's been a long day? Uh, like a long hike, backpacking trip. So like a 15 mile hike or, you know, like a multi uh, day. Like I've done, um, I've done a couple through hikes. So like at the end of the through hikes, I always have my car at the end because I get so excited to see it. And it's just like an amazing feeling. Like you just spend a week in wilderness and you get back to your car and you kick off those hiking boots and you just sit there. Right. <laughs> just like letting your body relax. And like you made it. So you found that through hiking that this is kind of your passion or what you love doing. So what did you do from there? Like... I know you had a blog, but can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, cause I didn't grow up hiking and camping. I really, um, kind of, like I said, fell into it and I had to overcome a humongous learning curve when I started like that year after I graduated college where I threw myself into training for Whitney. Um, I did a lot of really long day hikes. And then the following year I learned how to backpack. And in those two years, I just learned so much, everything from gear, how to filter water, safety, like what to eat on the trail. Um, even like what fuel stove to take, like there's just so much things to learn. And um, in that, doing that, uh, you know, in that learning curve, and I started, I purchased, started participating in Facebook groups, um, like girls who hike, women who hike, because I wanted to make friends. None of my college friends were really into this. And my boyfriend um, was, ha had his job and was working on the weekend, so he never could go. Uh, versus I had a nine to five job. So I was free all weekend. So um, I started going solo. I started making friends. But in those Facebook groups, I started seeing the same questions for things that I've already learned. Um, how to choose a sleeping bag? How do I stay warm? How do I train? How do I train for Half Dome? How do I get permits to Mount Whitney? I mean, there's just so much. And I like decided to start a blog to help people on a larger scale. Like, you know, fast track their learning journey. And I've made some questionable mistakes. Like, honestly, it's sometimes a wonder that I'm even alive because given the <laughs> mistakes I've made. So even that first Whitney experience, like it is a wonder we did not die on that mountain. It started hailing on us and we had, were like t-shirts. Um, right. So, you know, I wanted to like, and people die on these trails. I mean, that's an unfortunate reality of this. People I'm fortunate that nothing happened mm -hmm. and nothing has happened more than like a knee injury, um, which was very minor. Um, but given that experience, I just wanted to like, you know, 
want people to enjoy the outdoors without having to overcome those learning pains and without risking their lives. Because this is amazing, but you know, there's a way to do it safely and there's a way to do it where you put yourself in danger. Totally. And what I really love about what you just shared is how you got into the Facebook groups and just kind of dove in, whether it was learning stuff from other people or saying, oh, I guess I learned more than I thought. But I think that oftentimes we think the community of people has to be around us, like in our neighborhood, when actually sometimes it's just as close as a Facebook community. All you need is an internet connection, you know? <laughs> Honestly, most of my hiking friends are like not even local to me. Uh, right. I have a couple that are local, but most of them are like San Francisco, Sacramento. I have a couple that moved out to Colorado. So uh, they're kind of all over the place, you know, and just we meet up, you know, if we're going up to like the Sierra Nevadas, then um, my friends from Sacramento and San Francisco, that's right, a, meeting, a middle meeting point for us. It takes them five hours to get to Mammoth and it takes me five hours to get to Mammoth. Um, right, like Colorado, cool. like, you know, if I'm there for like work or something or just there for fun, like we meet up and go hiking. So you don't need to, I mean, it helps to have people local to you, but yeah. you really don't with this day and age and internet, like you could have friends all over the world. It's kind of amazing to kind of have that small world feeling. Yes. It's so cool. I love that. So let's switch and talk a little bit about your wins. Can you share okay. with us what you're most proud of accomplishing? Well, finally making it to Mount Whitney. It took three tries, but I did it. <laughs> that was an amazing accomplishment. Um, and then um, start, I mean, I have so many. I like to celebrate the little things and the big things. I mean, like from doing my first through hike, uh, which was the High Sierra Trail. It's a 72-mile hike. Um, I started in the Sequoia National Park, and I finished on Mount Whitney. Um, I had two other attempts on Mount Whitney. First one was the first hiking experience. The second one, I got altitude sickness that first year of day hiking. Lesson learned, you need to acclimate when you're going up to 14,000 feet. And so the third time I was like, I'm doing this, I'm going to acclimate, I'm going to spend seven days on the trail and making it. So that was my first through hike. And then I did a section of the John Murr Trail last year. Unfortunately, I didn't finish because um, I injured my knee on the trail and I had to exit early. But you know, live and learn. It's yeah. what happens. Um, thankfully, it wasn't anything too bad. Just had some physical therapy, um, starting the blog, um, and you know, helping people get outdoors. I mean, I get emails from people who are like, thank you so much, your blog post. I tried three years to get a permit for the John Murr Trail, and I finally got one because like your blog post told me something like I didn't know how to get a permit. Or your blog post really explained how to get up Mount Whitney or how to do half dome or how to train or, you know, how to find a sleeping bag, you know, whatever that how is. And like, it helped me get up the mountain. And to me, that's the most rewarding, you know, win is like when I can help someone else experience what I've experienced. Yeah. So what is something that most people don't know about what it took to accomplish that? Um, which aspect? To accomplish, you could, well, what's something most people don't know about what it took to, we'll talk about your blog first. Okay. Um, honestly, you just have to do it. I came up with the blog idea probably six months before I actually launched it. I just kept sitting on the trying to find a perfect name, trying to like design this perfect website. And, and it just finally, like I was actually on a backpacking trip with my brother and we had to turn around early because he wasn't able to do it and like got altitude sickness and um, in the car ride home we got into a whole fight and like <laughs> I came home super angry and like that weekend I had like two extra days because I had taken some time off for this hike 
And I had like two extra days and I just like, you know what? I'm just so angry. I'm going to like finally launch my website. <laughs> so just don't awesome. dilly dally on the small things. And like, since then I've changed my website a hundred times. Like uh-huh. as you grow, you change these things. So like, don't dilly dally on the small stuff. Like no one cares. Just totally one in front of the other. Yes. And we all think it has to be like so perfect and planned out from day one. And, but it's easier. Like, I think it was Seth Godin, just ship it, just get it out there. You know, do it. Just start. And then you'll tweak as you go. And like, no one cares if your website is not perfect, as long as it has the basic functionalities and like, you know, you could read on it. Like it's not overly cluttered. No one cares. And chances are, and this might sound bad, but chances are a bunch of people are not going to see it day one. It's going to take some time to make it perfect. You know, so true. I'm, almost two years in and I'm still like in the beginning growing stages compared to like most other travel and hiking bloggers. Right. And I think that that can apply to so many things in life, but like if we just sit there and we think about it and don't do it's like, it becomes more and more daunting, you know, like, you know, I don't know. It's harder for me. The longer I wait, sometimes I just have to dive in and do it. That's so true. Get over the fear. The longer you procrastinate, then the more you sit there and overthink it. Um, I like to think about it like on a test, like in, in your high school, you're taking a test. Like when you used to go back and try to like check your answers and start overthinking it, you're always going to get it wrong. Versus right. like you just use your null. I, at least this was me in high school. Like I could not like check my work because I would overthink it and then end up getting it wrong when the first answer was right. So yes. sometimes you just got to do it. Yes. Cause it's so easy to second guess yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so I know that you said you did Mount Whitney three times. That second time when you weren't able to finish it, what were you feeling and how did you talk yourself into going a third time? So the fir- first time I didn't make it, that was the first hiking experience where I turned around. Um, the second time I ended up turning around, it's, it's almost the same spot as the first time. Um, but I was, uh, so I drove up, so I live on the central coast in California and I drove up to Mount Whitney, um, slept at Portal, which is around seven or 8,000 feet slept in my car for two hours. And then I was solo. I don't even know how I convinced myself of this one. I was solo. I was originally planning to start around 5am, like at daylight and get some sleep. I couldn't sleep all night. I was just so excited. And then I started seeing all these headlamps start hiking. And I was like, one in the morning was like, let's start hiking by myself. Like, (laughs) I don't even know how I like, just like that goes back to just doing it. Don't overthink it. If I had sat there and be like, well, I'm by myself and it's dark. I don't know. I shouldn't go. I just like got up, got dressed and started hiking. And right before I got on the trail, I started by, saw my first bear, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, And then I just started hiking one foot in front of the other. And um, I had spent months training prior to that and um, saw sunrise was the most amazing experience. I had just hit right above the tree line. And um, so like, you know, the trees are below, the granite peaks are around you and the sun, and it's kind of like a V and it opens up to the valley below and the sun's rising in the east and Mount Whitney, the trail that you start on faces the east. So the granite peaks are just glowing pink in the sunrise. After hours of hiking in the dark by yourself, I mean, I met groups of people and like chatted with other solo hikers or other groups, so it wasn't too bad, but it was just an amazing experience. Like that is still my, and I, that was taken like on an iPhone picture and it is still my favorite picture. Like I have it like across from my bed. Like that is the picture I want to wake up to every morning because <laughs> that is like the golden moment of like that experience. But I kept going, but as I got up to 12,000 feet and I started getting really, really dizzy and I kept drinking water, drinking water, drinking water. 
thinking, well, I'm just dizzy. I'm just dehydrated. And then as I kept going higher up, I think I got, I got somewhere between, uh, I got probably around 12,500 feet. And then I was just really dizzy. And I was like, you know what? This does not feel right that I just keep getting dizzier. And I'm still another, I was still probably around three to four miles away from the summit. And then I still have to come back down. And I was day hiking, I wasn't backpacking. So that's 22 miles of day hiking. I didn't have anywhere to like pitch a tent, to stop, to sleep, and then come back and do it the next day. Like I had to make it down to my car. So I was just like, you know what? This doesn't feel right. Like I just trusted my God. And it was hard turning around, knowing that like I had put that much effort into training and like I was there and like doing it and I'm so close, like you could taste it. Yeah. But just, you, you have to do, you know, safety comes first. And I knew that if I kept going, like, God knows, like, I could have fallen off the mountain, like one wrong step and you fall, especially the last two miles get pretty sketchy. So I just, I just trusted my gut and I just turned around and ended up hiking back down to the car. I met some other solo hiker who was backpacking, um, but he was heading down. And so we chatted the whole way down. Um, so it was, it was a pleasant hike. And overall, it was an amazing experience between the bear and sunrise and my it wasn't my first solo hike because I had done more local solo hikes before, but to that extent, like to that badass level where I'm like one in the morning, like getting up, hiking by myself, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so like overall, it was still an amazing experience. And then the third time is just, I'm so like, I need to make this summit. Um, like I just wanted to do it. So the following year I applied for the lottery. I didn't get the lottery and I don't give up. I believe, you know, some people like with, there's a whole permit process to get a lot of these bigger and harder hikes, but um, some people like don't, there's usually a lottery system or something like that. Most people like they don't win the lottery, they give up for the whole year. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing a hike that year, I will find a way to get that permit. doesn't matter how I'm doing it. I'm getting that permit. I love that. So didn't win the lottery. So I decided to do the long way and do 72 miles from, uh, so like from West to East to hike it. Um, and then finish in the East and left my car in the East and, um, figured that solves my altitude sickness problem. Cause that's, you know, seven days on the trail. I average between like, you know, eight to 12 miles a day. Um, well more like 10, but you know, some days are eight, some days are 12. Um, with a backpacking bag on because that just adds extra weight uh, versus a day pack you could go a little bit further because it's you know maybe 15 pounds versus my backpacking bag was like 40 pounds <laughs> but that's <laughs> that's really heavy but right. I also have like tripod and camera and like stuff like that so that adds on the weight um but I was just like okay well it's seven days I'm gonna acclimate I'm gonna do this like no excuses I am making it to Whitney I like one foot in front of the other. I don't care how heavy my backpack is. I just like visualize the end goal. Yeah. It like, it, it was hard. It was very far from easy. I got bad blisters on that trail. Um, I mean, it was gorgeous and it was an amazing experience, but you know, and I cried a lot <laughs> on that trail. <laughs> Seven days in the wilderness. Like that was my longest trip by miles and by days. And it was just, one foot in front of the other I visualize the end goal and I'm going for it since then I've learned to more and you know stop focusing so much on where you're like that end goal of like the summit or the lake you're going to and just enjoy the experience mm -hmm. um and that helps a lot with the mental aspect of it um and just really just be grateful and like 
feeling abundant that you're there. Um, but in that moment before I kind of really learned how to control more of my mind, um, it was just one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And I can relate. Um, I've done a couple marathons and I know that, that they're completely different, but like the mental strength that it takes Mm -hmm. is so crazy. I don't even think that I like running per se, (laughs) but I like the, the mental perseverance that it gives Mm -hmm. me or like, Oh, if I can do that, then what else can I do? You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I love like camping alone. I also like camping with people, but sometimes it's good to camp alone. But I know that a lot of people are terrified of that, um, Mm -hmm. of doing camping, hiking, those sort of things by themselves. What would you say to that, to the person that's My favorite subject, because I talk about this all the time. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Um, I love going with other people too. I'm a very social person. I always love the company. But at the same time, I don't want to wait and spend my life waiting for someone else's schedule whether that be my boyfriend or whether that be a friend. And I see so many people doing this. Well, I have this awesome hike I want to go to, or I have permits to do this awesome hike, but well, so-and-so canceled and it's last minute and I can't, I don't want to go. But you make friends on the trail. First of all, like no, no safety, know what to do in, a, in what situation. I have a Garmin inReach, which is a satellite uh, GPS, like communicator. Um, so I can't call off of it, but I have map, I can text off of it. Um, I can go do SOS. So it puts me in touch with us, uh, like their Garmin's response team. And it sends them my exact coordinates if anything would ever happen. Thankfully, I haven't had to use it like in terms of SOS, but I use it all the time. Like even just when I travel solo, like even if I'm not doing some crazy hike, I'm just car camping or just camping and I'm by myself, like I still bring it because it just gives me that extra peace of mind. Because if I'm somewhere with no cell reception, I know that this device, I can still contact for help. Even if that's just a flat tire on the side of the road where I have no cell reception. Cause you could, there's a bit of a delay with it, but it's better than nothing. So, um, that know how to defend yourself. I, I do carry a knife. Um, I don't have a concealed weapon. Um, but I, you know, and then just kind of read people. Like if someone gives, and trust your gut, if someone gives you a weird vibe, like, you know, move away from that person. Um, like maybe don't camp there if like you're getting a weird vibe. Maybe don't sleep in your tent, sleep in your car instead. Like if you're getting a weird vibe, it is definitely a comfort thing because sometimes I psych myself out too. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is so scary. I'm sleeping in my car and I've never been here before. But you just have to like, no, everything's okay. What, like, if you're in your car, what's the worst that happened? You hop in your front seat and drive away. Um, on my tent, I carry, uh, like, a little uh, lock. So if I'm backpacking solo, I just put a lock on the zippers from the inside. So, you know, I have a lot peace of mind. I sleep with my knife. Um, so just kind of knowing that I'm taking precaution to protect myself, but also knowing that, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's all in our heads and we've been taught to be afraid. Yes, there are definitely scary people in the world. And like I said, trust your gut. But a lot of times, like we have been taught to be afraid, Um, especially women, unfortunately. But really, like you just need to be okay with it. And, you know, there's all a lot of other solo women travelers. You can make friends, you can buddy up. Like I make friends on the trail when I go, whether I go solo or with someone else, like I talk to everyone on the trail. Right. Um, so, and you know, whether you're camping and hiking or you're just traveling somewhere like Thailand or, you know, wherever solo, you can make friends there. So you're not 
feeling lonely. And um, if I do feel lonely, like I bring a book, I pop in a podcast, I listen to music, um, you know, you are your best company sometimes. Yes. And it, it's just an amazing experience to be able to connect not only with yourself on that level, but to also trust yourself on that level. Um, yeah, I, I think everyone should do it. And don't spend your life waiting for someone else's schedule. You have one life and no one is guaranteed a certain amount of days, yeah. you know, so get out and live it while you have it. Totally. No, I love that. And I think it might be scary. It might be hard. It might feel like lonely at times. Maybe you cry. Um, but I think that it builds character. Like it makes yeah. you stronger. And 100%. It, yeah. And you just know yourself a bit better. So I, I agree with you. I'd say everybody needs to at least try it. Yes. Um, it's, yeah, it's huge. So let's switch a little bit and talk about your struggles. Okay. Can you tell us about a time when you gave up, but now that now you wish you wouldn't have? Um, well, in terms of, honestly, I don't think I've ever really given up, but like, um, I have a training program called training for the peaks, um, with my blog where I, it's a six month workout program for hikers. I came up with the idea a year ago and I sat on it for a year because I was never felt ready to launch. And like, I wouldn't say I gave up because I ended up launching, but I wish I had done it last year. Like yeah. last summer when I came up with that, or I came up with the idea a year ago, but like, I wish I didn't sit on it for a whole year. I wish I like got my act together and said, you know what? I don't need to know everything in the universe to create this. I clearly know how to train for mountains. Stop waiting for like permission from someone else. And just, cause that's the biggest thing I think is that, you know, we're taught to look for permission from someone else. I mean, it's in our education system, you know, you have to raise your hand and get the right answer. Right. Um, but no one's going to give you permission to pursue, like to start a blog. No one's going to give you permission to go on a hike. No one's going to give you permission to go on that dream vacation. You need to stop waiting for someone else to justify what you want to do. And if you want to do it and your heart is telling you to do it, go do it and stop sitting on it, which is, <laughs> I guess, like my biggest thing is like, I tend to sit on these things for far too long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's so easy to do. And even once you create it, then you start like all this doubt is easy to seep in, but yeah. Yeah. Just, just get it out one there. One foot in front of the other, put on blinders and just like do it. Yep. Yep. Uh, can you share us or share with us a story about one of the hardships you have faced to get to where you are today? Um, well, I mean, it's all, all of it has kind of been ups and downs. Um, like with, I mean, I hear a lot of excuses. So I try to like not let myself get into the like cycle of excuses and I know I'm not perfect at it but like we've all had those excuses well I don't have enough time and I've definitely done that with especially in college where I like stopped training because like in through high school and my first two years in college I was like super into training and like super fit and then my junior and senior year I got so bogged down with school and work that I just like stopped training so um like that summer when I graduated college, I couldn't go do Mount Whitney because like I wasn't physically fit for that as opposed to if I had just kept going. But like, you know, and I've done this too where I come up with excuse, oh, I don't have time to do this. But we all have the same 24 hours in a day. You really do have time to do it. It's just a matter of prioritizing. And that's something that I've had to learn over the years is like how to prioritize, especially when I started like hiking every weekend because that takes up a huge chunk of time. So I had my nine to five job which now I blog full time. But back then, like when I started, I had my nine to five corporate job and I was freelancing on the side and I was trying to travel all the time. And so like, that's a lot like going on. 
and like still trying to like exercise and still making time for my boyfriend and still like doing all the other things and being an adult. And, um, it's just, I had to learn how to stop making excuses and how to start prioritizing my time. Like, you know, and really look at my time and what am I doing and where am I wasting it? Like, maybe I don't need to be spending hours till three in the morning hanging out with my roommates. And maybe I should go to bed at like nine o'clock so I can get up at 5am and go work out. You know, like things like that, where you really have to just understand what you're doing, because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So, you know, no more excuses. (laughs) So have you also had to learn how to say no more? Yes. And that's still something I struggle with because I want to do all the things. Um, And now that um, in December I left my job and now I'm full-time blogging. And even in this, I've had to like, because now I'm thinking, well, now I don't have that job weighing me down. Now I have more time to do all the things. But now I'm just adding on to my to-do list and becoming overwhelmed and not creating the life I want. And I left that job to create the life I want. So like understanding. um, So earlier on in the year, back in January, I wrote down kind of my um, pillars of purpose and like what is my focus going to be for 2020 and you know for me that's like growing my audience and growing my channels and growing my blog and really like diving into my business that's traveling and exploring more and hiking more um you know focusing and deepening my relationships things like that what what's really important for me and so then I look at does this you know, what I'm being asked fall into that, whether that's, you know, a family member asking for help with like starting their business. Can I take on that responsibility and help them start their business? Or am I going to just take away from the things that matter to me, like traveling and making time for my boyfriend and um, working on my blog? Or is that something I can say yes to? Um, So, or like different, you know, Brand partnerships, for example, that have come my way with a blog, like maybe, you know, really evaluating, is this going to help me get to where I want to be? Does this align with who I am and who I want to be? Or is this something I need to say no to? And as a recovering people pleaser, (laughs) I have a tendency, and I have overcommitted myself where I take on too many freelance clients and too uh, on top of my job and on top of this and on top of this and on top of that. And then I'm like not sleeping and all constantly stressed and have to you know, and I'm a doer. So like, that's so hard to be like, no, but sometimes just having to shed that extra weight off of your plate and really focusing on what is important to you. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think a lot of times it's a struggle for women in general, like just saying no and really prioritizing yourself and your values. But I like how you said you came up with the, um, was it purpose pillars or what did you call them? Uh, Pillars of purpose. Pillars of purpose. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. And yeah. then make your decisions based on those. So I like that. So I know that we talked a little bit before the show and you said that you have a boyfriend of six years, I believe. Is that right? Yes, it'll be six years in April. So have you ever dealt with struggles with societal norms, like people having expectations for you to get married or have kids or anything like that? Well, my grandma <laughs> was a big <laughs> one. Um, I mean, eventually I would like to get married. I just um, I'm 24 right now. I do not need to do that anytime soon. But um, my grandma, she's in her late 70s. She grew up in Soviet Russia. And um, my parents had me, they married in their early 20s and had me, I'll be 25 in June. And my dad, like, his birthday's four years, four days after mine. Um, but like, he had me when he was 20, or just about to turn 25. So I'm like, right at that age. 
my parents aren't like giving me pressure or anything, but my grandparents are. And they're really like, well, I want to have great grandchildren. And when are you getting married? And you're getting too old. I'm like, I'm 24. I'm what old? <laughs> um, so from them, I have gotten pressure, but um, especially given how long we've been in a relationship, because for them, that's not normal to be in a relationship with someone for almost like a decade. And like, I just started living with him like this month right. <laughs> after six years, almost six years of together. So you know, I'm not in any rush because like I, you know, I would like that one day, but I want to make sure that I'm with the right person. And I know that over the years I've grown up as a person and I've changed and my priorities have changed and they're constantly changing. So I want to make sure that the relationship I'm in is with someone who's going to help, help me grow as a person. And it's going to, you know, help me be the person I want to be and shares those values. And so if that means spending another 10 years waiting till, you know, make sure, then that's fine with me. You know, it's about the day to day. I don't need, you know, the marriage certificate to like prove anything. Right, right. I love, you're just wise beyond your ears. Like I wish <laughs> that at 24, like I had such a great perspective. I love it. <laughs> so can you tell us about your mindset and how it has led to your badassery? Yeah, um, so... Like most people, I ha totally have limiting beliefs and um, like mental blocks that like I'm still working through. With hiking, it was always just one of those things where it's like I, for some reason, wasn't afraid because I think I just acted before I thought about it. Like with that solo at one in the morning, like I just did it and didn't think about it. But like when I stop and sit there and think about it, like, oh my God, I'm going solo. Do I really want to go solo? Like it's been years of me going solo and I still do this. Yeah. Like. I'm uh, looking into like going solo uh, and doing like hiking in Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, like those states this coming summer. And there's a good chance I'm going to be solo. And now I'm like, I'm get, starting to get in my head and I'm like, oh my God, but do I want to be solo for that long? And I need to stop myself and say, stop. You have gone solo so many times. Like you are totally good. Like just enjoy the experience. If you're worried about pictures, you have a tripod. Like um, you, and you make friends on the trail. Um, or like reach out to Facebook groups and see like who's in that area who wants to go with you. So it's just a matter of like catching yourself. And I do this with business too. Like I catch myself like in spiraling down like negativity sometimes. Like why didn't this work? Why isn't this working fast enough? And it's just like reframing that thought. Like why isn't it working fast enough? It will work. You just need the time. And like letting go of the when it's going to work and how it's going to work and know it's going to work. Like you know, just focusing on feeling abundant and focusing on like reframing all of that negativity. Like, well, I'm scared of going solo, but how empowered would it be if I went solo? Well, I'm scared of doing that hike, but how awesome is it going to feel at the top of that mountain? And just like, or like a lot of excuses I hear, or especially around age from my audience is, um, well, I'm too old to hike. No, you're not. Like I've met 80 year olds on the trail who are through right. hiking from Mexico to Canada. No, you're not. That's just a limiting belief. So just don't let those things, those excuses stop you. And I know a lot of us like almost inherit this from our families, especially like if you know, you're a woman who wants to go solo and travel solo. A lot of our families are like, no, God forbid you do that. But you just have to just live your life for you, not for someone else. And just, start catching yourself when you go down that negative spiral. I actually heard on another podcast this the other day, there's an, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. There's this episode um, in the seventh 
movie book. Um, there's where they're trying to get the Horcrux and they're in the vault. And um, I think it was Ron touches one of the Bellatrix's like gold if you're not a Harry Potter fan, you have no clue what I'm talking about, but touches one of, um, like the gold, like cups or coins or something hanging on and it like doubles and then it doubles and then it just keeps doubling with all of this stuff doubling. And that's how our negative thoughts are. If you let it do that, it just keeps doubling until it spirals and like suffocates you. So you need to stop it before it starts doubling. So yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a constant work. It's a muscle, you know, our, our minds are trained, originally trained to think in that primitive set, in mindset where, you know, in caveman times where you go outside of your cave, you're, you know, like you want to know what the outcome is going to be because otherwise you're going to get eaten by a saber tooth tiger. <laughs> but we don't live in that time anymore. So recognizing that those thoughts are coming from a place that's meant to keep you safe and acknowledging that that's awesome that our brains are doing that, but also acknowledging that's not the time we live in anymore. And we have the offer, like, we're not going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger by walking out of your house. <laughs> right. I mean, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think also, just because we think something doesn't mean it's true. Just exactly. Be, you know, we put too much into our thoughts sometimes or don't even question them or fight yeah. back kind of and say, uh, that's not necessarily true. Um, yeah. So I think that's important. Our thoughts create our reality. So if your reality is this negative spiral, that's what, or your thoughts or that negative spiral or or like constantly worrying or feeling like, you know, someone's out to get you or, you know, anything along those lines, that's what your reality is going to be. That's going to be the life you end up living versus if you start reframing that and working that muscle, because just like any other muscle, you have to consistently work on your mindset um, and train it. And, you know, if that you start reframing those thoughts, that's the mindset you're going to live. I have a whole wall of posted notes from quotes that I've put, pulled from books and podcasts. So when I start going down that negative uh, spiral, I just like go and like reread all of those posted notes and like remind myself, like you need to stop and like catch yourself doing this. Yes. And kind of to go back to what you said earlier, um, you talked about how every time or not every time, but that often you'll still feel scared if you're going to do something alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say that's the most shocking thing to me. Like as I've gone camping alone, like it's always like, why would I be scared of this? Or why would I even doubt myself? I've done it and I've loved it. And I know that it makes me stronger, but it's funny to hear you say that too, because I think that's just life. It's how it happens. You know, you're still going to be scared of things or have these fears or this negative self-talk, but kind of like you said, do the things whether it's look at quotes or look at inspirational pictures that you've taken um, to push you on to the next step. So you're not so scared. I've also heard that, well, I'm not as courageous as you to go solo. And well, courage comes from action. You don't just wake up one day and be courageous. Like that's not what happens. You take baby steps. You go on a solo local hike. You go to some bigger mountain local. So for me, that would be like the Big Bear area. Um, You go on something harder local, like I did with Whitney or anything in the like actual mountains and you just work your way up there and that's how you build up that courage to and confidence to go solo and do these things is from those baby steps and that action none of us wakes up one day and it's like you know what i'm gonna go do this really hard hike all by myself and like no help like no none of us gets there yeah like that and i would even venture to say if if it's something you're wanting to try like maybe go with a friend, but have two yeah. separate tents and do that the first time. Yep. Um, so you're still a little bit separated, but then 
I think just kind of wean yourself off a little bit at a time until you're comfortable with going by yourself. That is definitely a good tip. <laughs> so let's talk about some mindset hacks that you might have okay. for confidence and self-esteem. Okay. Um, so, well, one is just catching myself when I start that negative spiral and like reframing that. And I still like work on that like every day. And some days are better than others. Some days like I'm able to just like, and sometimes I like I go on a negative spiral and my boyfriend will catch me and be like, ah, no, you got to reframe that thought. Um, so <laughs> I, I try to do that. Um, and like, to just really like catch it and just be like, well, like whatever it is. So for example, like if I'm frustrated, why like the course maybe didn't do as well as I wanted it to do um, during my launch, I have to like, and as opposed to going down this whole spiral of, oh my God, it didn't do, I'm such a failure. Like how could I have done that? Like stop, you're not a failure. It's sold to like so many people, like those many people bought it. Like they love you. Like they want what you have to offer. Like who cares if it didn't sell like a hundred thousand people? Like right. just love on who you got in there and just catching myself and like working on that. Another thing is about like focusing on, this is something I'm currently working on, is trying to come from a place of possibility and opportunity rather than scarcity. And um, especially when it comes to like our money mindset and um, like the possibilities, what we got, it, how we, what we have in life, because usually our possible, like if you didn't grow up with like entrepreneur parents and you didn't grow up in a household that really encouraged that, it's really hard to think outside the box. Um, but like I was fortunate enough that my dad's an entrepreneur. So like that was kind of easy for me to kind of see that. And that's what I grew up in. But like my grandparents are not. So like having spent most of my college life around my grandparents instead of my parents, I just focus like have kind of shifted into that more scarcity mindset because they came from a different time. Yeah. They came from a time where you work the same job for like your entire life. And then your goal is to get like retirement and then you get to live. But that's not what we live in anymore. Like literally you can come up with anything. Like anything could be your job, like in this day of in the internet, like literally you can create. And just because it hasn't been done before, well, good, more room for you. Um, <laughs> so just, and like catching myself when I get into that spiral of scarcity, um, especially having left the safety net of my full-time job um, and now having to kind of pave that way. And I mean, there's no handbook that says like, here's how you be an entrepreneur and here's how you succeed in business. Like that doesn't exist. You literally make it up as you go. And even and if there was one, I would say that it like nobody would awesome. use it because right. <laughs> everybody's so different. Right. Um, so just really, I, that's what I've been working on is just like letting go of focusing on the outcome and just focusing on how do I better serve my audience? How do I focus on the abundance? Like as opposed to maybe like focusing on, well, maybe I didn't get to go on this trip and that trip and that trip, but look at all the trips I did get to go on. Look at the adventures I do have coming up. Yeah. Maybe I didn't get to go to Patagonia this year, but like I got to go somewhere else that was pretty cool, you know? So really focusing on the positive instead of the negative. And like I said, it just requires a whole lot of training. And I do have like that wall of post-it notes. Like every time I like hear something on a podcast or read something in a book and it's just like, that really resonates with me. I just like write it down on a post-it note. I have it. Um, put it up on a wall. Um, and I just like, when I like need it, like I go back and reference that wall. 
So is that a wall that you see often or you just go to it whenever you're having like it's maybe in my struggling? Hallway, so I, it's between my bedroom and the living room. So it's I love there that. every day. I love that. <laughs> I don't necessarily read it every day, but it's there. It's like accessible. But it's still Sometimes a reminder. It's, it's a like, good reminder. Yeah, I love that. I, mean, I know a lot of people put it in their bathroom mirror. That kind of bothers me. Like, Why well, is that? I want my mirror. I don't want it to be like cluttered with oh, post yeah. notes. So like that just always kind of uh, bothered me. So I found a wall where it works and I can see it. Yeah, no, I love so. that. I think it's so cool. So do you have a mantra or meditation practice? I don't meditate. Um, I did start with in terms of money mindset because like um, I was coming from that scarcity place. Um, I actually got this one from uh, Marie Forleo was uh, money is just an exchange of energy. Um, so like when, you know, swipe your credit card, there's more where that came from when thinking about, well, do I want to invest in having someone help me with SEO? Um, and just think, well, that's just an exchange of energy because I'm just exchanging that energy to have someone help me with something. Um, so that's kind of been a mantra. Um, and then I haven't started meditating. I tried a couple times. That's something I do want to improve on. It's just not something I've done yet yeah <laughs> I for a long time did not and so I mean some people love it some people it's not their thing uh, but I I would almost say some of your meditation or would be hikes like being definitely. out in nature I think that that can be a form of meditation in itself definitely I definitely think so it helps me connect with myself with the world around me um also exercise like if I'm really really frustrated I just like go to the gym and like cycle it out or punch it out, you know, in the punching bag, like that really helps me alleviate a lot of stress. Um, so that doesn't work for everyone, but like that really kind of helps me then come back to a level head. Um, and then, like you said, hiking is like fantastic. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I don't think I realized that at a young age, like that, how much exercise really helps with like your mental health or really like reducing does. stress. I've noticed when I exercise first thing in the morning, I am so much more focused all day. Like I get so much more done for some reason than if uh -huh. I don't exercise. Right. Like it just like come down, like sit down and I'm like so in the zone. And then like your whole day ends up going better because then you end up eating healthy. You fill your body with new, cause you're like, well, I just sweat and I did all of this hard work. I don't want to fill it with like junk food. I want to fill it with awesome food. So it's just like this ripple effect. And then you're just like happier because you have all these endorphins. And so you're happy to your food, nice to your coworker, nice to the cashier. And it's just like this ripple effect of awesomeness. Yeah. Definitely everyone should go work out. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting how the chain reaction happens, you know? Yeah. So let's talk about like tips or things that you have learned. If you could share one tip that you wish every female knew about, what would it be? Stop waiting for permission to live your life. You do not need your parents to okay it. You do not need your husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever to okay it. You like, it's your life and you can live it the way you want to. And if for you, that means like quitting your job and traveling the world then quit your job and travel the world for you. If that looks like starting to like travel solo on your weekends, then do that. Whatever that looks for, like for you, don't wait for someone else to like, okay, it. just do it. And all of these other, you don't be bogged down by other people's limiting beliefs. Like our parents and our grandparents come from, um, different times yeah. and, you know, 
I mean, my grandparents thankfully are still alive. Most, um, I have young parents and young grandparents cause of like, they all had each other in their early twenties, but you know, like they came from a, such a completely different time. My grandparents were born right after world war II ended in Russia. They had to, um, like a whole family in one room, you know, it, it, it wasn't the opportunities we have out here, which is actually why my parents moved out here. Uh, my dad said, like, came home from the military and told my grandma, like, I'm moving to America because I can't build a business I want in Russia. So I'm moving and you're coming with me or you're not. So, <laughs> <laughs> but knowing that we live, you know, so don't, wait for someone else and their limiting beliefs to give you permission. And knowing we live in such an amazing time. Yes, there's bad people in the world. There's bad people everywhere. But like, are you going to live your life being afraid? Or are you going to live your life to the fullest? Because you only have one today. And like, you know, no one has an infinite amount of days. So like every single day counts. So make yeah. it. And I love how you're like, evaluating your limiting beliefs. And I think it's so easy, especially when something's passed on to you from your parents or your grandparents, it's so easy to just be like, oh yeah, that's true. Rather than like, oh, that might've been true for them, but that doesn't mean it's true for me now. So I love that. So how do you get inspired and stay motivated? Typically just kind of myself. <laughs> I'm like kind of a go-getter. So I just, uh, I, I like that I get to create my own job. So that helps a lot. Uh, to, you know, love, pay relationship because sometimes I overdo <laughs> it and give myself far too much to do. Um, but with hiking, it's just more of like that next place I want to experience, the next place I want to see. How do I challenge my? And I, I don't hike and do these harder trails because like to justify myself to anyone. Um, I do it to like you know show me like your body's capable of doing these amazing things because like why not like how cool is that you know and I grew up like I, I grew up in LA where like you know all of the like superficial things matter but out there it doesn't like it doesn't matter what you know size you are or what color your hair is or like how long your nails are like none of that stuff matters out there <laughs> the only thing that matters is like you and your experience and like this amazingness that you get to participate in and what your body is able to do to me that's still amazing is like that my body's able to hike 22 miles in a day like what and I am by no means a runner <laughs> like that is not my ideal choice of exercise um so like just for me it's just I've developed such an amazing appreciation uh, for my body and what it can do and that really helps motivate me to like okay, what's next? Like, what can I do now? What play, new place can I experience? Uh, what can I see? Because there's so many amazing things to see in the world. And every spot is just like different and unique. And even every season you go in or like every hour is different. Seeing, experiencing a place at sunrise and fall is going to be completely different than experiencing somewhere midday in the middle of summer. So it's just really soaking in everything that life has to offer. Like there's so much to do and so much to see. Yeah, totally. So what's next on your list of like one of your dream places to go? The entire world. <laughs> but <aside laughs> I love that. <laughs> the whole world. Um, you know, my bucket list is like a never ending list. It is just like gross every day. Um, so I have, I'm going to Oregon, no, no. Um, Oregon's in April. I'm in March. I'm going to go on a solo road trip 
to Utah. I'm going to hit up all the different national parks in Utah. I've wanted to do this, and every time I end up there, it's like always wrong weather. Like I tried in June, and it was over 100 degrees, and it was far too hot. And then oh I tried goodness. Thanksgiving, and it was snowing, and I did not make it as far as I wanted to. So <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going in March, and I'm going to hit up the national parks. And then in April, I'm going to um, Oregon. And then um, haven't figured out May yet. I have a couple things for July. My birthday's in June, and me and my boyfriend are trying to figure out where we're going. Nice. Been debating between Thailand or maybe Iceland. I really, because I turned 25, I want to do something big uh-huh. and like go somewhere exciting that's been on my list for a while. So we're still debating that. Hopefully this week we'll figure that out. And then over summer, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Glacier or Glacier National Park in Montana, Idaho, uh, possibly Canada, possibly Washington. Like I just want to hit everywhere. <laughs> you know, like I really want to like get out and just explore because I've been like, which I mean, California has so much to offer. Don't get me wrong. We've got the coast, we've got the mountains, but I really just want to make the most of this whole self-employment thing and like go and have fun and hike the hikes I want to do and like see it. I'm still recovering from a knee injury, um, which I happened on the John Muir trail in August. So now I'm able to, um, January, I started being able to like actually train and hike again. Um, so now I'm working a backup to my like 15 mile average. Uh, currently I'm at like four, but you know, but that, you know, and that, that has been a very, very hard thing because coming from like being able to do 15 miles in a day as my average um, on hikes and doing these crazy trails to like nada for months has been very mentally challenging and that's been a very hard thing for me to have to overcome and be like no you still are a badass hiker even though you can't hike right now you will get back there because your knee will heal and you will train and you will get there you've done it before and just not letting that event mean something. All it means is that, well, I overcame that. And now I can share that with my audience of how to overcome that themselves, but not letting my injury mean that I'm not badass, not letting it mean something about me and who I am as a hiker and who I am as a person or my business or anything. And just, you know, first during the injury, it was really rough the first couple of months, but I learned how to adventure in a different way. I didn't let that stop me. I just said, well, I can't do these crazy hikes, but I'm going to go car camping and I'm going to explore what I can from like my car and like maybe short walks from the car. So I did a lot of that. And then now I'm back in training. So hopefully come summer, I will be fitting up back to my 15 mile average, but I'm just kind of like letting it go with like seeing how my body does and just kind of working my way up you know, in the mileage and yeah. just in my training. And, you know, that's why I haven't really planned too many hikes for the summer. I just really want to see what, where my body will be comfortable at. Cause I don't want to push it too hard that I, you know, flare up the injury again. Right. Right. So, and I'm a big believer. You really have to listen to your body because the yeah. second you start ignoring it is when you're going to get like a worse injury. Yeah. You don't want to get airlifted off the trail. That's a no. very expensive um, helicopter ride. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of for context, how long have you been blogging or doing your business? So my blog will be two years in July. Um, Prior, I had a social media following because my professional background is in digital marketing. So I was just like, when I graduated and started working, I was a social media manager. I was like, well, I'm doing this for brands. Might as well do it for myself. (laughs) So I started growing my following and then um, July will be two years I started my blog. Awesome. I've been hiking. Well, 
my first hike, I guess, was almost six years ago. And then I like really started hiking and like being gnarly like four years ago. So I think that that's something important for anybody listening is that, you know, you can really just dive in and to whatever it is that you love doing. And Mm -hmm. then the amount of change that you see in four years, like that might seem like a long time, but yet if you're stuck in a job that you don't want to be in, or you're doing stuff that doesn't light you up, you know, you could spend four years and make a huge difference in where you are in your life and kind of how happy you are. For sure. For sure. Um, honestly, four years is not like sitting here right now. Like it does not feel like it's been that long. Like I still feel like that girl who graduated, just graduated college and is just like training for Whitney, you know? So like it really like passes in a blink of an eye, especially when you're focusing on like putting one foot in front of the other and just like doing all the things. Yes. Yes. But I think it puts in, it puts it into perspective. Like you can do it too. Like anybody can do it. You just put in the work and start now. Yeah. Just one foot in front of the other, whether you're on the trail or building a blog or whatever you're doing, (laughs) whatever lights you up inside one foot in front of the other, just start. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about badass advice and this will be more of rapid fire. Okay. What was your turning point for accomplish accomplishing your goals and being a total badass? Um, I guess after like that first solo, well, not the first, but I guess the second solo Whitney hike where I started at one in the morning, I was just like, after that, I was just like, damn, (laughs) you know, like I like thought that about myself. I was like, wow, like I can do this. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Do you have a morning or an evening routine that you could share with us? Yeah. In the morning, I start my day with a glass of water because it jumpstarts your metabolism. Sometimes lemon, sometimes green tea, just kind of whatever I'm in the mood for. Um, and then I usually start with listening to a podcast, uh, working out, um, before I dive into work. I try not to, some days I'm better at this than others, not to look at my emails first thing in the morning. I do have the luxury of, you know, creating my own day because I am self-employed. But when I, I was doing this when I was at my nine to five too, um, I, I just had to get up earlier than I do now, um. But same thing, start the morning with a glass of water, exercise, really focus on filling my cup because if your cup is empty, you can't pour it to others. So doing things that like light me up. And on my morning, when I was at my nine to five, uh, the podcast was when I was driving to work. Um, I like to listen to music when I work out. Um, So I listen to podcasts now as I'm like getting ready to work out. Right. And then like music and then, um, and then I get into work and then, you know, if I have to take a midday break, I take a midday break. Um, because that's what my body says that I need to do. Like if I start noticing, like I'm mentally slowing down, I'll go for a walk. I will go return things. I'll go walk around the mall, like, you know, go for a hike, like whatever, you know, just something to like get away from my screen. Um, and I used to do this during my lunch breaks too, uh, when I was at my job was I would use my lunch breaks to go wander the mall or I, they weren't long enough to go hiking, but uh, call my boyfriend, you know, call my grandma, like, you know, do something like read, you know, watch a movie in my car as I'm eating. Like it just anything that's really for me and to like step away from my desk. Like, I always made a point, like leave my desk, leave my laptop, like go outside, do something that's not work related to like give my head a break. Um, because like the constant go, 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 go thing, that's how you bring yourself out. Like you really have to find things to fill your cup. And in the evenings, uh, reading and, um, just relaxing, like watching TV or movie with my boyfriend, um, 
putting on a face mask, washing my face, like, you know, taking care of my skin. Um, I like to end the day with tea. Uh, yeah, just think, and that might look different from someone else. Someone else might want to do yoga at night or um, meditate, you know, it just whatever makes you happy inside. Yeah. <laughs> so can you share one thing that you've learned from a woman in your life? Um, yeah, I, I guess, um, my mom. Um, so my parents got divorced when I was around 16 and, um, she was a stay at home mom and she took care of us. Um, but their divorce was kind of a nasty one, which I don't feel like most <laughs> are, but, um, she picked herself up and got out there, like started working, like for someone who hasn't wor didn't work in like 15 years, you know, she didn't let, I mean, it was definitely hard. Um, and I was still like living at home during most of this. Um, she didn't let that stop her. She just got off one foot in front of the other and like got to work and, you know, and like, you know, if that meant starting small at a job or like finding a job from through a family friend, like she did what she had to do. And I think that's, you know, inspiring not to let your circumstances stop you because we all go through shit in our lives. Sorry for that. But oh, no, you're good. <laughs> we, we do. And, you know, no one has a perfect story. You can look through someone's Instagram feed and see this glossed over, ver you know, version of their lives. Yeah. But that's not true. I mean, my Instagram feed looks like that too. But <laughs> like that doesn't portray the challenges I've gone through. Like, you know, the, like, you know, mental like challenges I've had through my parents' divorce, which I mean, it's been like 10 years. So like, it's, it's better, but like sometimes like, you know, it flares up, it happens. Yeah. So not letting that stop us. We all have challenges. The point is not to make excuses, just to understand. I have these challenges. I have these circumstances. I have these facts that I have to live with, but how can I make my situation better? And how can I do the thing I need to do? And how do I do the thing I want to do? Yeah. And it sounds cool from the story you told about your mom and just getting out there and finding a job and doing what she had to do after the divorce. But it seems like it kind of translated to your life too, because you just seem to adapt and make changes as things or troubles come your way, or maybe not even troubles, just different situations. I think both of my parents in that sense, like really inspired me. Um, I had like trouble with them. I didn't speak to them after the divorce for a couple of years, which is why I got so close to my grandparents. But um my dad, like, like I said, he's an entrepreneur too. He came here from Ukraine with $40 uh, for like my grandma, my aunt, my grandpa, and my dad, $40. He has no college education. He picked himself up. He like loves computers and loves computer programming. He's completely self-taught and started his first business was a medical transcription. So he started like the business in medical transcription where he worked with like doctors all over the US to like transcribe medical documents and then like created the program and he always told me like I found an industry that needs me and something that I love to do and which is computer programming and something that I'm good at which is business and created something that the market needs and I've always taken that to heart and I mean I ended I got a degree but I've always taken that to heart and like his entrepreneurial advice that he literally did picked himself up from nothing. He didn't, wasn't a trust fund baby. He like wasn't handed anything. Um, he did it. Like he bootstrapped and got himself up there. And then my mom, after the divorce, same thing, bootstrapped and got herself up there. And so I think that regardless of the circumstances, like my parents have always been, and like my, you know, 
anger at them <laughs> have been a huge inspiration to me to like really well if they can do it why can't i and i was given better circumstances than them right, so right. you know That's powerful just, yeah so just doing it and not letting our challenges be defined by our challenges but rather letting knowing that overcoming that challenge just adds to our story yeah, and that's kind of funny because that's what I was just going to ask you. Um, what do you wish everyone knew about overcoming obstacles and confidence? Like, like, don't be, like I just said, don't be defined by your story. I mean, we all have them. And I feel like that's such a misconception is, oh, well, her life is so easy. That's why she can do that. No, it's not. No one's life is easy. Like, like we all have the, all the things to do. We all have our own challenges, whether that's our parents getting divorced or, you know, having to balance going to school and having kids and having a job and having like a husband to take care of, or, you know, having a disability or like whatever that thing is for you. We all have challenges. Like, at one point, and those challenges don't just magically ever go away in your life. They just right. change, yeah. you know, like whether that's, you know, now you're going to school and trying to support yourself um, while you go through school, which I totally feel you. I was there. I supported myself through college. Um, but why make excuses when you can look for solutions? Yes. <laughs> Take so, some energy. Yes. No, it's such a good kind of reframe. So I love yeah. that. So how often do you read and can you recommend a book and share why? Um, so I read, try to read every night. Some days I'm better than others. Currently I'm reading Super Fans by Pat Flynn. Oh, yeah. I love marketing books. It's like all I read because yeah. like, professionally I'm a marketer, but like I got into it because I like truly love marketing. I love understanding how people think and how I can use that to like, well, I got into marketing because you can change behavior through it because I think it's so interesting because you can mm -hmm. use how you understand and then create campaigns that change behavior. But I wanted to do that to like save the world because I had my <laughs> animal rights activist background. So cool. um, but like, yeah, so currently I'm reading Super Fans by Pat Flynn, which is just amazing. It really teaches you how to connect with your fans and how to build fans that will like rave about you. Right, right. So, oh, and then in terms of all-time favorite book so far, um, Everything is figure outable by Marie Forleo, like literally changed my life. Like, really? oh my God, like I could not get enough of this book because it, it's just, it really breaks down all of our excuses, all of our limiting beliefs. It really shows you that everything literally is figure outable. At the end of every chapter, there's exercises, like you have no excuse not to do the things you want to do in life because everything's figure outable. Like that is like my go-to book. I have like lessons like printed out and like, you know, screenshotted on my laptop, like constantly going back to it every time I feel stuck. Like that is the book that like amazing. Yeah. I have that book or I got it for Christmas and I just haven't read it yet, but that inspires me to read it. it. Change your life. It's amazing. Yeah. I will have to add that to the show notes. Yes. So let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want. And then if you'll share how the audience can connect with you. Yeah, like um, no excuses, look for solutions, live the life you want, like don't let anyone's limiting beliefs or your own stop you, understand where your limiting beliefs are coming from and that you have the limiting beliefs and just be like, refra start reframing those thoughts and start like catching yourself every time you do it and honestly just like go and be a badass. If you want to hike, just go hike. Don't wait for permission to go hike, just do it. Put on those shoes, whether, even if that's just like your Nike running shoes, and just go for a walk on like a dirt path. That's already hiking. So, um, 
So good. Just go do it. Um, and what was the second question? How can we oh. connect with you? Yeah, so you can uh, connect with me on my blog, which is campsitevibes.com, or on my Instagram, which is Jen Outdoors. So it's the at sign Jen dot Outdoors. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show, Jenny. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you for having me. With that, we'll end our show. And to all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future Spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.